and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Antonia Grimard, I am beside myself that I'm finally getting to hear and share your story on She's the Boss Chat. So thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest. Well, thank you so much. And who doesn't like an opportunity to talk about themselves? (laughs) (laughs) Well, very true. Very true. So let's start by telling everybody what you do now. Well, I have a visual communication studio called AOK Creative. Right. And I help entrepreneurs develop a compelling message for the business. So they can, uh, so that can be through graphics or story. And now through digital, of course, through social media and digital strategies. Yes. Digital strategies. Try saying that fast. Now, there's another little thing that I'm going to jump in and say you've been working with us on She's the Boss and you are now one of the She's the Boss team, which is wonderful. It is exciting. Very exciting, and- actually. Yeah, very excited to have that. But also when I first met you, you said that one of the things that you specialise in is helping women with pitch decks. And I think we should talk about that a bit because there will be a lot of women listening that would love to know that there was someone out there that could help them with this. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, when you're at the pitch deck stage, the hardest part is finding that clarity Mm -hmm. uh, for your business. Uh, we're always searching for it and it never comes to the fore until you're creating your single message to excite and engage investors Mm -hmm. to raise equity, of course. And I help businesses find that story, that message and that clarity in their pitch deck. So whilst I will design the whole thing so it looks great and exciting, I will also do a deep dive on your message and the stats and the finances and make sure that it will play in front of an investor. Um, and I've done this for a number of years and I really love it. One of my passions is talking to entrepreneurs, business people about their businesses. I just love it. <laughs> Which is why you're such a good fit with She's the Boss as well. <laughs> so let's talk about AOK Creative then. Why did you set it up? Well, like most things in life, uh, being a serial entrepreneur, it, it's happenstance, really. It's um, It was one of those opportunities. I had been traveling through Europe, uh, well, around the world, actually, for three yeah. and a half years on my own. And when I came back, I, uh, I was working as an art director for a card company called The Ink Group. Oh, yes, we we love the ink group. (laughs) Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. However, my contract was coming to to an end, and I'd heard about this opportunity to join and join forces with a print company and support them graphically with their clients, for their clients. And I had never run a business before, but, of course, fearless, serial entrepreneur, I said, yes, I'll do that. And (laughs) I set up what was then AOK Designs right. uh, on their premises. Um, and like, as you know, with many print companies, they, they tend to fall over, fail or be bought out, which eventually happened to them. So I had to move out on my own in right. my own right and be my own design studio. And that's when Thanks. AOK Creative was uh, created uh, or born 25 years ago. 
Oh, right. Wow. Okay. Um, and was there any particular thing? I'm, I'm very interested to know how a, a print company just kind of falls in your lap and says <laughs> we need a design arm. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, it was a bit of sleuthing. I had to be very careful about my integrity on this one because another graphic designer had been offered the opportunity. Oh, at- right. And I asked them after about a week and they said, no, uh, they weren't going to take it up. They thought it was just too risky. They, you know, at that, ta- at that stage, uh, a computer was, I don't know, a hard drive and a, a monitor was, you ready? $25,000. Yes, I remember. People will be listening to this going, what? I know. And floppy disks and all those sorts of things. We're talking about that far away, uh, long ago, work. aren't we? Yes, it was a struggle. Uh, yeah. And uh, when when they said, no, I'm not interested, I immediately, within the hour, called them and said, I am willing to do it. Right. And, uh, and that's how it started. Uh, and was there a relationship there with them beforehand or how did you even hear that they were looking? Uh, through the graphic designer that had been given had been given that opportunity. Oh, okay. okay. So they had so been talking about it, and I was uh, talking to them about that opportunity and saying, "That sounds great." Ah, uh, okay. Thinking, great. You lucky duck, you lucky duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to say, I had a graphic design company for about ten years. And I know that if you can have that alignment, it just works so well because the printers will send you work and you can send the printers work and it's a very symbiotic relationship. It was for a number of years. And uh, when they went under, I didn't know quite what to do with that. But being a fearless entrepreneur, I actually found, and this is bizarre, and people don't get this when I first tell them this, I found retail space, a quirky little retail space. Right. Right in Neutral Bay, which is in, on the North Shore of Sydney, and set up shop in it. And it went gangbusters. Right. This is the graphic design shop are you talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, just, I transferred to that. And the reason why is, and for all the other design studios out there, I say, you know, this is what happened to me, but perhaps it's not their story. I found it very difficult to find clients uh, through advertising or you have to have a sales arm or whatever. It's really hard in graphic design because you're just competing on price so often and it's just so annoying. (laughs) Yeah, and people don't need you until they need you. No, that's right. However, lucky me, I just happened on this retail space, opened up my shop there, and I had the most incredible clients just rock in the door. Fantastic. Because you don't need us until you need us. And then there it is on the street and you think, well, I'll just walk walk in and ask some advice and get some work done. And the, the plan was to have these little shops all around Australia. Oh, right. And go national with it because it's such a great idea. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, I decided that managing all those people uh, wasn't as much fun as <laughs> dealing with business people, which is what I really loved. <laughs> right. No, it's true you say that because I used to share an office with a guy who was a digital printer and offered design as well. And I remember thinking, why have you gone with a shop front right on a shopping strip? And literally every day we'd have five different people come in asking about everything from business cards to flyers to, you know, big identities that they wanted done. So oh goodness, I, yes, I get it. It's changed now because the design studio is no longer. Print is not a, a thing. thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the poor printing industry once again. Graphic design isn't 
a strong thing anymore. Everybody's controlling their own graphics and doing a lot of it themselves. Not necessarily well, but they're doing it. Doing it, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a good point to put in there. Yes. <laughs> Not very well sometimes. And and branding's kind of gotten lost along the way. But uh, I opened another studio in the city, uh, in the city CBD. And I have yeah. a boutique's boutiques place that that is just amazing uh and uh, you wouldn't credit the number of ceos cfos uh startup i'm I'm right near a startup hub right uh, businesses just come in the door and that's when the pitch deck started coming in because i was getting into the c-level management yeah 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 they could see me and they would walk in the door and um if you can imagine a ceo can't talk to his staff about his messaging and sometimes I just need somebody to objectively listen to what they're asking or what they're presenting. Right. And you you kind of work with them and find their message in their way. And then they're oh, very Oh, you're excited. very clever. There's no flies on you, as they say here. All right. Now, Antonia, this is all about you and your story, and that's the bit I want to get into. So Ooh, I can hear the American accent. I know so little about you. It's amazing. So let's start with where did you grow up? Have you got brothers and sisters? What kind of a family? What did your parents do? Okay. Uh, I was born in Canada. Okay. uh, And my mother is Australian and my father is French. Um, Ooh. Yes, and they met on the ski fields. Of course, my father couldn't speak English and my mother couldn't speak French. So (laughs) I guess that was a physical attraction. (laughs) (laughs) The language of love. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And uh, they promptly moved from Canada to Santa Barbara. In California. Why? Uh, because they had, well, it's so cold in Canada. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, really? They, were so just, they just wanted the warmer weather. <laughs> yes, they both did. So they right. moved to California when they had um, a visa drive. So one of those um, free visas came up and uh, it was fantastic. Santa Barbara is such a great place. Can you just, I don't know anything. I know the name. Where is it? It's it's in California in the city on the beach. Where is it? Oh, okay. So if you flew into LAX, LA, you yeah. would drive north about an hour and a half, two hours, depending on the, the traffic. Okay. And uh, Santa Barbara's uh, right on the beach. It's oh. where Megan and Harry are Oh, now. right. <laughs> uh, up the road is... You know, Oprah and all the other people. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Uh, who lost their house in a fire? And there's always fires around Miley, the hills of Santa Barbara. Miley Cyrus and Liam Hensworth lost their yes. house. Maybe that was there. That was it, actually. Right. Uh, and it was uh, it was idyllic. Uh, I have another uh, brother uh, mm-hmm. from my mother's first marriage, and a second brother from my mother's marriage when she returned to Australia. So I basically have lived. All around the world. She all over us, the place. Yeah, she took us around the world and gave us quite a view of what was available, uh, you know, out of curiosity, just what's available to see. How and fantastic. So, so let me just go back, though. So you went to Santa Barbara. Did your parents split up then? Why, yes. why was your mum take – So, and your mum took you and your – just took you? Took myself and my brother uh, back to the homeland, back to Melbourne. Okay. Uh, she just went back to the bosom of her family, of our family. We didn't know Makes them. sense. Right. And I think I told you this story where we were picked up by our uncle or her brother uh, from the airport. Yeah. And they were talking so fast that I couldn't <laughs> understand a word. And I turned to my mother and I said, what language are they speaking? <laughs> 
It's so funny. I remember arriving at 11. I still remember driving down the roads and the freeways and going, God, are we in America? The roads just seemed so big and it all seemed so big and flashy compared to little England with tiny little lanes. Yes. Yeah. So it's funny the things that strike you. Okay. But, but so you said she took you all around the world. So did, when she split, did she take you on a trip first? Yes. She went around the world with us, uh, which is amazing, super super courageous with two kids on your own. Yeah. She, she hadn't quite decided to leave America. So we went back to America and then she came back to Australia and did another tour. So we saw more of the world. And uh, then, yes, we moved to uh, Brighton in Melbourne. And my mother realized that um, there was a reason why she didn't live as close to her family as she did. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just ask roughly what sort of age you are at this stage? I am about to celebrate my 60th birthday. No, no, no. Thank you. And I love that. No, and then though, how old were oh, you when, we came when over the family when moved? I was 10 and 11. So back Okay, and forth. so it's very similar to me. Yeah. All right. And so did you like school? Were you good at school? Uh, yes, very, uh, very good. Uh, I was studious. I always read, always loved reading. Uh, yeah. And I think. It, but it was difficult because if you were taking, if you're uprooted from schools and keep moving, because my mother then moved from Melbourne to where I was doing very well at school, right to Queensland and to a country town in Queensland. Oh, why was that? What what happened that made her want to go to outback Queensland? <laughs> <laughs> uh, madness, honestly. Uh, okay. She, no, Love. Uh, she fell in love and they decided to buy a, a business and uh, they bought <laughs> they bought a motel on a highway in Queensland. And oh, my God, what a change for you. <laughs> uh, I was safely ensconced in the girls' school, then I was uprooted again and put into a, a Queensland school. I won't mention the name of it. It's a bone of contention, I tell you. It was the worst school I have ever been to. They okay. were horrible. That was a horrible school and uh, still is actually. And my brother and I said, you know what? We're not going to this school. After six months, we we just said flat out, we're never going back there. Right. So my mother, <laughs> my mother, now there's going to be a story attached to this, but my mother took us to Caloundra, okay. which is on the Sunshine Coast and part yes. of us in a school up there. But that meant... Uh, we had to, she had to drive us to the bus, which is about 45 minutes to the bus, and then Ooh. take the bus to school, which is another 45 minutes. And she had to pick us up on the way back. Um, now, I little known fact, I went to school, high school, with Steve Irwin. Oh, my goodness, did you? Yeah. Wow. So uh, every day after school, so I, I was in the same class as Steve and we were good friends. Every day after school, I would go to a, his dad's Australia Zoo, so the little Australia Zoo, Bob yeah. Australia Zoo, and hang out with Steve and the kangaroos and and the crocodiles. Snakes and, yeah, crocodiles. <laughs> they had crocodiles. And then my mother would pick me up from there and I'd go home. That is uh, such an amazing little story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and it, you know, we, our hearts still bleed at the loss of uh, Steve. Uh, yeah, but- he died on my 40th birthday. I'll never forget oh. because so I know it was exactly when it was. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So so what happened when you left school? So you let's 
Take me through to the end of school. Where? What did you do? Did you go to uni? Yes, I did. Uh, well, I wanted to be a marine biologist. But Make, Makes sense based on where you were living. Yes. I had always loved being underwater. We used to surf and I used to like being, un- when I got smashed by the waves, I loved being underwater. However, I discovered boys and my grades <laughs> went downhill. <laughs> Jerry, I did get oh, grounded once and realized <laughs> after having a month off with uh, no boyfriends and no socializing, I realized, oh, I'm really actually quite smart. And I started <laughs> studying again, but the ship had sailed um, and I could, o- I could only get in as a, uh, I think a lab assistant course or something ridiculous. And so what did you decide to do? My mother said to me, why don't you apply for art college? And I said, well, I haven't studied art. I've studied a full science, you know, advanced math, chemistry, biology, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, how about we just go down and talk to them and see what can happen? Why do you think she said that? That is just so out of left field considering if you were all sciencey. Were you to be creative at home? Were you doing something that made her think she should be good at art? Like why did she come up with art? Well, it's actually – in our family heritage, right, uh, right. I, I always have drawn, sewn, crocheted. I made my own clothes. It, uh, just anything with making, drawing, yep. painting okay. I would do. And my father was an artist. Uh, and if you go back through our French heritage, one of our um, – one, my great, 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 great grandfather, my great, great, great grandfather was – You just Renoir uh, or something. He taught Monet how to do – um, to take, he took him out of the stu- the studio and took him out to teach him how to paint landscapes. Oh my goodness! So uh, right, yeah, and uh, he was a very famous artist. My dad was a painter, so it was it was already. So it's not famous. as out of left field as I'm thinking when I'm suddenly goodness going. Why, where is the mum suddenly going? Oh, you're at you want to, don't want to do science, do art? Okay, <laughs> so you went off to art school. Did you? I presume you got in. Yes, uh, they gave me six months to produce a portfolio, and it was so easy. It was just <laughs> so easy. And then I went to art college, uh, got a degree, and aced everything, honors. It was just a breeze for me. And it's interesting because in these courses, uh, everybody and their uncle knows somebody that's a graphic designer, an artist, or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the course, they sign up more students than they need, and they stood on a desk on the very first day and said, we want half of you gone by the end of this semester. We are going to oh. overload you with work and get rid of half of you because some of you won't, won't have the business, uh, the, the ethic to buckle down and do the work. Right. And then they said, and the semester after that, we want another half of you gone. So it's very oh. challenging. And yeah, that was so confronting from the beginning to be told that you're probably going to go or that you're no. in with a very strong chance of going. I stood there and went, you're not getting rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously they didn't. So you finish your degree. You've come out with honours and, and all sorts of um, accolades. What next? What do you do with it? I actually had a degree. <laughs> I ended up having a degree in animation. Goodness me. Where, what was <laughs> wow. I thinking? Hollywood so again, maybe? To- <laughs> Back to the States? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, there was Hanna-Barbera in Sydney. So I went right. and worked at Hanna-Barbera in Sydney. And little known fact, I actually 
uh, went over to America to the Hanna-Barbera studios and met uh, Bill Hanna. And he said, so what do you think of our work uh, and working for Hanna-Barbera? And I said, well, you know, we're cranking out a lot of crap at the moment. <laughs> He you was did not. not. I did, did not. <laughs> I bet he loved it. Finally, oh. unfiltered. <laughs> it was a bit um, confronting for him because he knew that we were in the middle of doing, I think it was Dukes of Hazard, the cartoon. And we had to pump out a TV. <laughs> what quality stuff that was! <laughs> oh, it was appalling, uh, and it was uh, it was it was such it was so depressing because it wasn't about animation anymore. Anyway, I digress. I I think it was I was working twelve hours a day, seven days a week for something like one hundred and eighty dollars, and you would you were on a six month contract, and then they'd get rid of you, and you never knew if you're coming back or not. Oh that, my god. That's the animation industry. And when I went to the Disney studios, they, they showed me where the animators sit and produce this wonderful work. And it's a basically a closet with two desks, no windows, and you're not allowed, they lock the door, you're not allowed out of that closet until you know, lunchtime or- Oh my break. goodness, that's like criminal almost, isn't it? When you think of working people like that. Okay, yeah. so I'm guessing you left Hannah Barbera and went to Disney. Is that, the, that was Bingo. the next step? Uh, well then I, uh, no, I sort of fell into advertising and slowly made my way and, and learned more about advertising because that was actually going to pay the bills. Uh, as a creative director, were you the, cause there's, there's normally the out. art director and the creative director are the team that do all the creative within an agency, aren't they? Yeah. So. I was a graphic designer and I worked for Warner Brothers. Okay. Or Warner Home Video, Warner Brothers and WEA uh, in Sydney and uh, had a great time. That was an amazing job and learned everything from that mentor, that art director there. And then wow. when I left there, I started my own business. Eventually. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, wow. So that was um, what an interesting background. And then just, just suddenly kind of have this opportunity to come up with a printer and start the agency. Now, over the years, um, I'm, I'm not, I mean, 25 years is such a long time to have had an agency. Can you talk to me about a couple of the pivotal moments that you've had, maybe where something has happened that at the time you thought this was going to be a disaster? <laughs> or, you know, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because I know that happens to all of us. And then you can look back on it a few years later and go, if that hadn't happened, I never would have taken this direction yes. or whatever. So can you talk to me about a couple of stories like that? Oh, fellow entrepreneurs, isn't it a wiggly <laughs> road? I actually uh, think it's more of a road. roller coaster than, more than anything. Yeah, yeah I uh, I didn't know about options. So that retail space that I had that was working really well, I lost the option on the studio and moved into a commercial space. And gosh, it was great, all this space. But my business uh, basically crashed and burned. Oh no! Because you went no longer on the sh on the street. Yes, and I was trying to do everything I could to you know fill the gap of a sales agent or some somebody did a yeah. lot of marketing, but just didn't work. Uh, so uh, basically, I mothballed it and uh, uh, travelled and. When oh, I came wait, hang on, hang on. You, you just said I had a business for 25 years. You didn't say you took off. Oh, I always, I, and took off. What, did, what, what sort I, of things? I always take it with me. I, always, right. I, never, I never quite close it down. I always have it going in the background. But have you done some pretty extensive overseas trips 
while oh, yes. you've had the uh, business. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, because uh, Christmas is a, a quiet time, I may take off for a month and right. uh, travel. Now I, I just travel anyway because we are so poor. Well, now you can only travel in your mind because we can't get out of the country. <laughs> yes, that is But true. soon, soon. Yes. <laughs> this, this will date this this video, uh, this podcast actually because Oh, Absolutely. COVID. Let's yeah, we, we talk about COVID a lot over that. Well, I mean, how can you avoid it over the last couple of years? So yeah. anyway, I interrupted you and you were talking about those pivotal moments. So the first one, you mothballed the business and went traveling and, and what happened? Well, I, I actually was offered uh, to be the managing director of two studios, one in Melbourne and Sydney, but I was just so burnt out that I thought I'll just, I'll just take a little bit of a, a break and come back to it fresh. Um, right. Which I did. Uh, and the client, the loyal clients were always sticking around in the background. And they're just, there was some really great clients in there. Fantastic. Uh, and, uh, I basically decided that product was easier than service. And I thought, right. well, I'll just open up AOK international and <laughs> you, know what? you did. <laughs> I'll export <laughs> Australian products to America. Well, why not? <laughs> Pretty, and, pretty interesting idea. And so I was uh, on the road. I worked heavily with Austrade and uh, went and did all the trade fairs through the U.S. And uh, I ran right. both companies at the same time. But it, it was so much fun. Uh, I just loved that being out there selling things. I had a, a, a group, a national set of uh, sales agents across America that were working for me. I had my products in a warehouse over there. So fulfillment what, was fine. What kind of products? I mean, are these kind of like the trashy kind of, um, I don't want to say trashy, but were they very touristy kind of, you know, stuffed Not toy yet. kangaroos and wombats or what were you selling? Uh, we were, well, uh, AOK International sold uh, colourful uh, Australian products that hadn't been seen in America. So it was homewares and gift uh, Okay. And Gorgeous. It was just a, I would curate it through uh, the gift fairs here in Australia, figure out who was ready to go uh, global, who could yeah. fulfill the orders. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. I, I remember because uh, I would work until 2 or 3 in the morning in Australia when I was home and call buyers in America. And I remember right. I was on a call to a, an American buyer and I said to her, uh, well, I couldn't. You have to get past reception to get to the buyer, of course. And of course. I, I said, "Hi, this is Antonia from AOK International in Sydney, Australia." And she said, "The receptionist said, Australia. I love <laughs> Australia. I bet you she got said, that a bit." <laughs> she said, "Do you know Steve Irwin?" No, stop and, it. <laughs> and I went, "Yes, actually, I went to high school with him." She went, "Oh my god." <laughs> All I can think of is what a pity you didn't get the license for his products over in America. Yeah, that was still when there was – well, see, we didn't know he was so famous over there. No, right. I, I, when I heard, I contacted him and said, congratulations, it sounds amazing, you're doing great work. So, uh, yeah, uh, it was. it's just – Oh, great. Okay, so, yeah. you, so that was one of the businesses that you do. Tell, talk to me about any other – things that have happened over the 25 years that sort of stand out to you as being part of the wiggly journey? Well, I, I closed that down. I managed to sell that before GFC hit, which was lucky. And I came back and I started AOK Creative as another um, 
boutique studio, uh, retail studio in the city. And again, that has gone gangbusters. But like all things, technology keeps moving and you have to keep up. And I'm fortunate because when my husband says, what are you up to today? I always say to him, I have no idea what's going to walk (laughs) through the door. Uh, And it's great. I love that. I don't like doing the same thing day after day. I mean, that's, that's that's mind numbing. And uh, so my studio has sort of pivoted uh, with what it offers. Uh, And now it's what I, what I, tend to find is people are coming to me to ask me how, how to do something, how to solve their problem in a visual communication or in a communication. And I realized that that required a shift in the business again. So a pivot away from pure graphics. Yeah. Uh, I pivoted from graphics into including Word documents and PowerPoint presentations because that's what corporates need. Sort of more messaging. And then it pivoted again to messaging and away from branding. And that's where I'm at at the moment. And there's such a high demand for this. It's really quite incredible how much support people need in that area because you get kind of lost in your own business. And you need someone to hear what you're saying objectively, to hear the full story so they can tease it out and fill in the gaps if you like. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where it is now. I'm, I'm... currently creating or have created a um, what I call the digital impact masterclass, which right. is because what people, what my clients were doing, my loyal clients were coming to me and saying, how do I tackle social media? This, this whole thing about digital marketing, I don't know how to do it. I don't even know where to start. Oh, and, really? What kind of clients are they? Oh, or is, this a, is this a, a while ago? No, no, this is right now. And right. This is, this is just happening in the background now because if you – I what I did was I, I wanted to make sure that I was hearing this correctly. First off, I said, no, 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 that's not my area of expertise. Go to your digital marketing agencies. But your digital marketing agencies don't necessarily set you up to create your story, get you digitally, no. digitally ready. That's right. They say, what is your story? And we'll help get it out there. But they, they need to know the story first. Then, right. I got yes. It. So I went, okay, well, I start, I called a lot of clients, over 50 people, 50 businesses, and just started interviewing entrepreneurs and saying, okay, around this area, what do you need? And slowly fleshed it out to realize that, well, it's not just messaging they're missing out on, uh, which is pretty much your brand strategy, which kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, It's about your objectives for your business with your digital marketing. I mean, what do you want to achieve? Um, It's your engagement strategy and your content and your lead conversion and how you are ready and ready, well, ready to set that up. What's the strategy behind that? It's not just about posting. You have to have a strategy. And then finally, you know, the final thing which they needed, which is how do you measure if you're actually achieving the objectives you set for your social media? Or I call it digital media because it's email and social. Yeah. And so I basically built that and uh, just built a course so that they could just – and just – go through it step-by-step, step, be ready, and then they and can un- hand themselves un- over to a digital marketing agency and go gangbusters. Oh, fantastic. That's mm. a little bit like what I've done with Handle Your Own PR, which was always about not replacing an agency, but just 
I guess, getting people informed and helping them understand how it all works and do a little bit of it until you can afford to go out and, and employ an agency or want to. Exactly, um, because you can do a lot of this yourself, and that's what I'm assuming. They'll and do you have to. Themselves. When you're bootstrapping, you know, you have to in a lot of instances. So exactly. um, the, more, the more we can arm them with some skills, especially skills that will make a difference at that early stage, exactly. the better. Yes. Brilliant. Okay. Now, my I'm very interested to know, because this is about women in business, I like to give everyone the opportunity, if there have been women that have really helped you in your career, that you name them and uh, tell us a little bit about them. Now, I've only had one woman turn around and say, no, I can't think of one woman that's helped me. So I hope you're not going to be like her, but it's totally. Are you? Yeah. You haven't really been helped by women. No. Uh, I I guess because I've always tried I've always been pushing the boundaries. I've always been out there on the what I call the bleeding edge. Yeah, of of doing things that nobody no. And I'm I'm very much a do it, learn it, do it person, or do it. And, learn but it. even even the Hannah Barbera years or Disney, there weren't any wow. outstanding. Isn't that amazing? I would say. Gosh, that I hope when I'm having this conversation in 50 years, all the women say yes. There've been loads of women to help me, but. I'm always shocked when people say, not not that there aren't great guys out there and we couldn't do it without them. We know that. Um, But it shocks me when I think, wow, no one's sort of, you know, made the extra effort to help you on your journey. No, uh, no. I would say probably uh, I would use my mother as a bit of a a compass because she, you know, she – she may, she worked so hard and she was driven to break boundaries about gender. I mean, she, she just did things. She was, she was a flyer. Uh, she decided she wanted a pilot's license. So off she went and did it. There were very few women flying. Um, she just, yeah. She's just a doer. Yeah. She's a doer and she's scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. She sounds great. Um, okay. How, if your work and your business are all kind of big passions, um, and I'm only asking this because a lot of women that I have interviewed have told me that they have had burnt, burnt stages in their life where they've pushed themselves so far that their bodies let them down and they've been burnt out. So one of the questions I like to ask is about that juggle. Do you set aside time for yourself? How do you, how is your weeks kind of structured? When you've got all of this going on, well, you know, I, I guess I inherited that drive from my mother, and I would probably, if I were permitted, <laughs> I would probably work sixty hours a week, no problems, at seven okay. days a week. Maybe Hanna Barbera got under my skin. Oh, maybe. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if your hubby or somebody is saying no, no. But what about we have weekends and Sundays off, or we have. You know, after eight, you're not allowed to work or anything like that. Obviously, there are times when you have to, but are there general rules or no? It's just well, take it I as it comes. know when I've gone too far and I hear the cocktail shaker going, and that's <laughs> that's the co- <laughs> down mouse. Put your mouse down and run. Right. Now, he's very very good, and he he's very respectful of uh, my drive. But yeah, I think there there definitely has to be that balance, uh, and I will be. I'd be, I'm very mindful of when there are times when you have to put in the hard yards, yeah. like a startup. You just have to put in the hours yep. to get it started so that you can, in the future, let some of that structure go and it'll work. 
and that's what I'm always working towards. Uh, but as a serial entrepreneur, I mean, there's so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Have you had other businesses in a long, in a long the way with AOK and and AOK? You know, all the different manifestations of it. Have there been other little businesses on the side? Well, um, let's see. There's AOK Designs, AOK Creative, AOK International. Uh, I've written a book, uh, illustrated a cha- children's book and Ooh. a little funny book from called Ant um, after Antonia. So that um, I've also, I also started a cetacean rescue group. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that was uh, based on the fact that all these with, with seven others, not on my own, obviously, yeah. uh, with seven others. And we were trying to figure out why the whales were uh, beaching themselves. Right. And we were working the science, but we were also working on pulling together a national group of people that we could manage or call at the, at a, 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 let's say, a, if a stranding happened in Augusta, we'd get the, the crew over there and we okay. would know how to rescue them and what to do. Right. Uh, and that was very successful. And eventually we handed it off to National Parks and Wildlife. And if any of the listeners would like to join, <laughs> they do have a volunteer group and you will be called for a, a well rescue. You'll go to the beach and help them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So why, why is this? Have you always had a love of wildlife? I mean, I'm guessing you're yes. hanging, you were hanging around with Steve when he was younger and now you've done this whale thing. So is that sort of a real passion for you? Major passion for me. Uh, yeah. I think I'd prefer to be underwater than above water. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, actually. I yeah. totally am with you. I don't Gorgeous. like being in boats. I always say to people, if you could just drag me behind the boat yes. in the water, I'd be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes, Jules. I'm the first one in the water because I'm going to get sick if I sit on the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly me. That is exactly me. Although I did once go out in a hurricane. Was it a hurricane? Whatever they have, cyclone up in the barrier reef. And I remember thinking, what am I even doing? It was a three day cruise. And I literally half an hour on a boat, 10 minutes on a boat and I can feel sick. The theme music of Gilligan's Island is going (laughs) in my head here. (laughs) So, so this friend who was on the boat gave me quells, which are seasickness tablets. And I just had none. And all of a sudden I just remember it was just amazing and fabulous and wonderful. And I really enjoyed being on a boat for three days, but that's the only time in my life. My dad, I remember we used to go when I was younger, we lived in Germany and we'd go on holidays in Italy and my dad would put me in the dinghy and push it, push it out because we were going to go out for a dinghy ride and I'd be vomiting by the time we hit the surf. Oh, Just yes. in a dinghy. Nothing worse. <laughs> Nothing worse. No, what a nightmare child. <laughs> I think... I think that's it's really important to be connected with animals and nature, and uh, I think that's my space. I I do have um, I have a Grudel and a yes. cat. We had two dogs and two cats. Um, now we're down to just one of each. And I have a a, a a Facebook group called Mossman Loves Pets and Mossman Loves Puppies, and it was all oh. about where I live, which is in Mossman, Sydney, in New South Wales yeah. here. And I would, I basically run around the neighborhood taking photos of people's dogs and <laughs> posting it on Mossman Loves Pets. Okay, and look at this cute little one. <laughs> yes. And it's, they, people love it and they're, they're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I just, my husband's the same. He rushes up to dogs and says hello all the time. So yeah, we're kind of animal tragics here. 
Right. Well, I love that. Okay. And look, there is a question that I always like to ask. You've given me so many quirky facts. I actually think the Steve (laughs) Irwin one wins, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be up for sharing with us? And it doesn't matter what it is. Well, I guess, oh, the the little known fact, I used to model. I used to be a catwalk model. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) When was that? When you're in between, you know, which business? (laughs) Well, this is when I was a lot younger because it's a young girl's game. Uh, Yeah. So from 13 to 21, I was a catwalk model and I did all the uh, European, Australian uh, and particularly, well, Australian designers. And uh, there's this one parade I was doing. It was being televised and I was in an Australian design, which is a black knit dress. Yeah. Bear in mind that I'm, I'm very young. And yes. <laughs> uh, I put on this dress and I've walked up to the catwalk onto the stage and I'm about to go down the middle of, down the, the catwalk. Runway, yeah. Straight to the cameras. And I know what's happening. This knit dress, and I've got nothing on underneath. Unraveling. Is, no, it's oh. stretching. And it's plunging down the front and plunging down the back. So <laughs> I knew at the back, slowly it was revealing my bottom. Oh, as I was right. walking down there. And so I'm walking to the cameras. I'm smiling and being professional. And everybody else, in, it's like they're all holding their breath. <laughs> to see what you're going to do. <laughs> and they knew what was happening because they could see it stretching at the front. So everything's sort of, anyway, it's plunging more and more. And I'm walking to the camera and I smile and I turn and they all just erupt and clap. (laughs) (laughs) Now I was supposed to do a half turn and go back down again. And I just kept going and went off stage. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. But uh, just the, just, yeah, being a catwalk model, but I'm also putting up with that. That's very Naomi. What's her name? Naomi Campbell Campbell of you when she did the the fall off as well. Okay. And last but not least, you are a digital woman. I have no idea whether you like to play and use your phone for business, but I always ask for apropos of nothing other than I'm obsessed with my phone. If there are any good business apps that you know of, not the usual ones, I'm looking for something that I might not have heard of or something that's a bit cool um, for play and or for work. Well, I'm going to start with work because uh, that's your I, life. <laughs> I I've fallen in love with Canva. Yes, and I as have a graphic to. designer, I hate it and I love it. <laughs> yes, she's a clever girl, isn't she? That she's managed to do it in that way that uh, yes. makes graphic design accessible to everyone. I hate the fact that I didn't think of it and do it myself. <laughs> yes. However, I'd say there's th- tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of designers who feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is, it's so easy to use. So that one, I just love the the concept of it. I think we're not done with it. I think it'll go a lot further before we're finished. Um, well, it so seems to be challenging, constant, changing constantly. I mean, I yeah. noticed it's now doing brochures and all sorts of, I don't know. There were some other things I noticed the other day and I was like, oh, and now there's the, I haven't paid for it yet, ever. So I'm amazed that I do as much as I can. But if you pay, you've now got that remove the background with one touch as well. I mean, incredible stuff, really. Yeah, I I do enjoy it. Um, 
makes my life simple. And plus, Adobe charges so much for their products. I kind of go, okay, guys, bring your prices down now. Please bring your prices down. It's it's a bit Foxtel and Netflix, isn't it? Foxtel. I remember I used to pay, I'm sure it was a couple of hundred a month for Foxtel. And when Netflix came out at like $8 a month or something, it was like, how is Foxtel even still going? I don't know. I don't think they are. They um, are. No, they are, and they're still charging $60 or $80 really? a month. It's in- oh. insane. And anyway. on the other side of it, there, there's a cute little app, uh, which makes your – if you take a photo of your – okay, animal tragic here. Take a photo of your cat or your dog. You can make its it mouth move and animate him so you can give him little <laughs> messages. I love it. I do and that. It's called Talking Pet or something, isn't yes, it? No, yes. My Talking Pet. I'm looking at it. I've got it yes. on my phone. That's hilarious. Oh, and if, oh, for everybody out there, this is so much fun. If you are tired of sending Hallmark cards or cards, jibjab.com. Jibjab. You can, you can put your face, they dip, dip at your face, and you go into these um, these uh, uh, animated style uh, cards, e-cards. Yeah. And they're just so much fun with music and, oh, it's just great fun. So is it a bit like the dancing elves, but um, yes. for every everything, jib-jab? Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. downloading it as we talk. Oh, no, I've told everybody. So when I send you a jib-jab card, you go, oh, she does this all the time. It's not no, special. No, it'll still be it'll <laughs> still be your face and your, and your thing. Well, Antonia, oh, my goodness, you are just so much fun to talk to and what a fantastic career. If anyone wants to get hold of you through AOK Creative or you, what is the best way for them to do that? Definitely just email me or uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, of course, Instagram. You can call me that little thing <laughs> called a phone. Call me oh at any time. AOK.com.au uh, will get you through to all of that. And I'd love to talk to anybody about their business. I'm here to help. Fantastic. And of course, watch this space because Antonia and I are going to start that TV network for women and then you're going to have a whole new career. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> I know. It's exciting, isn't it? Well, thank you so much. (laughs) It's been an absolute joy. Thank you, Jules. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'sthebos.com.au.